welcome back to the Rod Ben and Bastards podcast. I am your host, uh, Greg Moorhead, here with my co-host, Mr. Nick Phelps, fellow bastard. What's going on, buddy? Uh, not much. I'm only here for a minute because uh, with the magic of editing, I had to work earlier when you did other things. Yeah, this is going to be a little bit of a different episode. Um, Nick had some work obligations going on yesterday, um, so that unfortunately, uh, you know, Life is what it is, and he had to take care of that. So that meant that I was the one that did the interview with our guest, Mike Zamora, from Freshwater American, um, which was a really good interview, which we're going to get into that here in a minute. But uh, but they did it at, like, noon. So, you know, people have to work. Yeah. So that's where I was, and I, I wasn't involved with the interview at all. But yeah, here I, think, I am now for a... Slight little introduction, I guess. Yeah, I think I took away Mike's lunch break, and uh, I'm on maternity leave right now. So you know, I'm in a I'm in a fun spot to not have to do anything until December 31st. Um, before we get into uh, the interview with Mike, as we said on last week's podcast, uh, whenever we had Ben on um, the f- day after the recording. Nick and I were taking off uh, to go north up to Erie to cho- go uh, chase some steelhead and figure we could give a quick little recap on that. Um, how do yeah. you enjoy yourself, Nick? <laughs> Why are we talking about this? <laughs> another day, another one on the line, and another one lost. Um, this time, I'll blame the rod that Greg borrowed me from. I think I'll blame that. Um, because it's definitely not me. No, it's it, uh, it's a hundred percent not you. That's for certain. But after, I guess this is this is my second time in two years. So again, not much. And then the other time I went was, man, it was over ten years ago. It was so damn long ago. Um, so you know, what do you do when you suck at something? You go all in. And I went to a Risen Fly Shop in Beaver and and spent money on an entire rig uh, just for steelhead. But I was like, hey. Can I still throw like streamers on this, like as a one-handed rod? Because I want to make sure if I truly still hate steelhead in like a year, then maybe I can use it. Maybe chase bass here and there, you know? Yeah, it's something that you could definitely do. I think we just have to get up there in better conditions for you. Uh, last year, whenever we went up as our big group of guys, we went whenever the water levels were still fairly high because we got a little chunk of rain that came through, and they were. I think the streams are running at like. 12 cubic feet per second which ideally i feel like for my best days i've had on elk it's normally in like the 7 to 11 range um where it's still a little bit high there's a little bit of color and it just makes for a little bit better fishing right now it is i think whenever nick and i went up it was running at like four cubic feet per second it was crystal clear water and the fish were very spooky and if you didn't find them in like deeper seams you are not going to catch them in still water because they just were super line shy no matter what we were throwing i didn't tell you but i went out with um a friend chris saturday afternoon just for like two hours to pine creek um pine creek in western pa not the good well-known one just to look and see and i kind of had that idea so let's let's not drive far because we just decided kind of like let's just go out in the afternoon and kind of if it's good we'll stay till dark same fucking thing Mm. i'd never seen pine that low i had an idea it would be because it's a smaller creek yep um but it was they were all i saw like a couple in 
different areas, but most of them of the stockies were like in that same hole. But it was so low that they just saw you walking up a mile yeah. away. Either way, and like you had one drift at them, and I took my nymph frig, my you know tight line rig out there thing and i could get sneaky and put some like 6x or something on there and nothing nothing. yeah and he came out with a spinning rod just to try something different yeah and like we were there for maybe two hours and most of that was just walking um just because like you could see the fish like there's no need in in there yeah there was pockets that i would normally fish that other people walked right past there that i'd catch fish at uh, even last year at this time that there was no water there. I mean, an inch, you know, and barely flowing too. So it was yeah. like there, I couldn't even like, you couldn't even like really drift. Like I would just have to lead these nymphs along because they would they literally, there's not even enough current for them to move on their own. They That's would just so sink to the bottom and like sit. So yeah. you had to like lead them along like in the water column, like and it, you know, <laughs> one little twitch of my fat fucking wrist, you know, and it looks unnatural. So it was, it was definitely... You know, it was, it was fine because I lived 15 minutes away from there. But at the same time, like, there's supposed to be some rain coming in. And it's desperately needed. Yeah, this uh, it's looking like this weekend we're supposed to start getting some rain on Friday, Saturday. I know Erie's supposed to get it, I think, Friday, Saturday, and part of Sunday. And I know my buddies are pretty excited. I think they're going to head up on Monday, actually, uh, to try to get up there and chase and, some steelhead. Yeah, and today's November 9th, so whenever the hell this comes out, the rain will probably have already went through or maybe it's going yeah. through. And maybe it's like flows are up and we're, we're actually waiting for it to calm down a little bit. If it's, if it gets a couple inches, I mean, I wouldn't mind a blowout and then just sitting around for a couple of days, but then again, I'm out of town next week, so I wouldn't even be able to take advantage of it. Yeah. It's, um, like Nick said, it is desperately needed. Uh, I've seen some videos at like the mouth of trout run up in Erie where it is literally just stacked with fish, like fish on top of fish on top of fish that you could almost walk across it and they can't go anywhere like yeah. it's so low they just are stuck um but it was a you know it was a trip to erie um i landed two had three hooked um one decent sized one uh that i caught right above the conrail tubes um on elk creek and some pretty like spots yeah i guess everybody knows every spot Pretty much, elk. yeah. I don't really think there's a, a burning spots it's, kind of a thing at this point in time. It's one freaking five-mile-long community hole. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was – can't say it was a wasted trip because I caught fish, so I'm happy about it. But it definitely was not as good of a trip as what, you know, potentially hoping for. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It, We'll get you back up there. We'll get yeah. you on some and fish. I, and... I think I know why still. It's it's because I still haven't found the little peanut butter sandwiches, which I ate every trip, um, probably all summer bass fishing. It's just what I would get. Grab a couple peanut butter sandwiches. And these are the, the PB&Js from Sheets that we're yeah, talking about. Yeah, the little individually wrapped ones you buy at the store. They're like freaking, they're basically the Uncrustables, but they're square. So it's like kid sandwiches, but whatever. They're easy. So... I walk into Sheets. I think I got a breakfast sandwich or something. But then, you know, I notice in the cold case that there are some individually wrapped sandwich-looking items like I hadn't seen in a few weeks. But they looked a little different. So I was like, what the hell is this? They bring it back. But another brand, I got mildly excited. More, you know, probably 
you know, more so, more so than I should be uh, for a fucking peanut butter sandwich that I could make at home. <laughs> um, and I looked at the bag and it said peanut free peanut butter sandwiches or something like that. And I was like, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like, peanuts. You can't, you can't have peanut but free here, peanut butter. Here's the kicker. What it said it was, it said sun butter. Sun butter. Like, what the fuck is a sun butter? Like, I even know what almond butter is, and I understand it. You just take a different kind of nut, and you crush it up until it turns into some sort of paste. You add some oil or some bullshit like that, and there you go. What the fuck is sun butter? Like, is, like, little Martians, like, farming pieces of the sun, crushing it up, sending it back to Earth to layer it into a fucking... That, that's a no thousand... That's a thousand percent jelly. of what it is. Sheets <laughs> what has else co- could it be? Sheets has commissioned aliens to go to the surface of the sun and scrape it for sun butter. It is more expensive. It is, like, a thousand times more expensive than an ounce of gold. And you are shoving it down your gullet. I still ain't eating that shit. I don't know what's in the sun butter. <laughs> Was it good? Did you I didn't buy it. Oh, I thought you actually oh, bought fuck one. No. Oh. I'm not buying it until they bring the real ones back. That's it. I, maybe down the line, um, Dr. Amadeus Sheets or whoever is the lead guy at Sheets will listen to this podcast and say, you know what? This fat son of a bitch wants some sandwiches back. We better bring him back because he's, he's going to tell the whole world in every damn episode that uh, where we got like 30 listeners now, like 30 people listen to. And that's how I take over the world. <laughs> Is via sun butter sandwich. By my disgust for them. Yeah. And then I get in good with the Sheets people. The Sheets people introduce me to some other rich up-and-comers. And this shit just takes off. And, you know, the the sky's the limit. And it is the limit because, you know, once you get the sun, you get unlimited sun butter at that time. <laughs> there, there you go. Unli- <laughs> unlimited sun butter. <laughs> sky's the limit. Like, uh, completely past the sky into the sun. And then I'm swimming in sun butter and millions of dollars. Nice. Well, we will uh, we'll definitely be making a couple more trips up the Erie with your new gear, which, um, go figure, you copycatted everything that I have for it because I catch fish and you don't. So, you know, is what it is. I just figured if you can catch shit on that gear, then I can probably catch twice as many yeah. once, I, once I figure it out. Yeah. But uh, we are going to throw this into the interview that I had with Mike um, from Freshwater American. Uh and take a listen. Fortunately, today I am not joined with my uh, my husky fellow bastard co-host, Mr. Nick Phelps. Uh, he had some work obligations, so I will be genuinely taking some uh, good shots at him if I'm able to today. Uh, however, I am joined uh, with a guest, which I am very excited to have on. He is one of the first guys that I reached out to whenever um, this podcast idea kind of started bouncing around in my head. And that gentleman is Mr. Mike Zamora. He is the founder of Freshwater American, which is an outdoor uh, apparel line that I am very fortunate enough to be pro uh, pro staff for, aka promo staff, which uh, we're going to get into that here. Um, but he's a cool dude. I've had some conversations with him, and um, I just very genuinely want to thank him for jumping on here. But uh, what's going on, dude? Well, Greg, thank you for having me, bro. Um, you know, I'm excited to be here, excited to see your podcast grow and uh, ready to get into it, man. Nice. Um, 
So one of the things that we have been asking, and unfortunately with it being, uh, you know, noon here, which I guess I could be drinking if I wanted to, but you're an hour behind me. Uh, so if we were able to be having some beers right now, what would you be drinking? Oh man, I think I'm uh, like a Miller Lite guy. I'm not a huge drinker. I got to throw it out there. And okay. uh, so I'd, I'd probably get like a Miller Lite or I like some uh, Yingling. Yep. That's, uh, yep. that's Pottsville, Pennsylvania beer right there, buddy. That, that is. I heard about that one. So uh, I don't, I, I do not drink often by any means, but when I do, those are my drinks of choice. And I'm actually uh, more of like a fireball whiskey kind of guy if I'm, if I'm out for the night. Gotcha. Yeah. It's uh yeah, that uh, Yingling Breweries from uh, here in good old PA and um yeah, it's uh, not too bad a beer. That's actually, if I'm going to go with a very general domestic beer, that's uh, my typical uh, go-to. So, no, no lie, I just found out about that beer a few years ago, and it's my uh, girlfriend's dad and her um, brother-in-law's favorite. So they're the ones that got into it or introduced me to it, I should say. And uh, yeah, that's how I heard his friend Pennsylvania as well. Nice. Um, so as you heard me say, <clears throat> you are an hour behind me, which we are in Pennsylvania. You are in Texas, correct? Yes, I am. Where Houston, at? Texas. Oh, Nick is Nick is from uh, Houston, actually. So, oh man, yeah that uh, that is actually kind of unfortunate that he's not able to be on, <laughs> so you guys could have some uh, some conversation maybe about some uh, local areas and everything. So that just might mean that you have to be on for a future episode, I guess. Hey, man, I'm I'm excited to be there. I'm I'm actually from Brooklyn, New York, so I'm not too far from PA. Um, I grew up in Brooklyn. I, I played college baseball, so I traveled all over and that's how I ended up in Texas. Gotcha. Um, so as we are going to kind of get rolling into this, um, we definitely are going to be talking about freshwater American and outdoor American, but, um, as per the first couple episodes, the general theme with our podcast is obviously all things fishing. And, uh, this is Nick's question. And we're going to be asking it every single time because I think it is a good question. It's kind of a fun uh, icebreaker for us is, Mike, why do you suck at fishing? Straight up, bro. I, sh- I suck at fishing because I haven't been doing it long. It's, it's uh, actually people are pretty surprised when they hear about it, but I really have only been fishing for like two years or so. Um, okay. So I played baseball my entire life i played 12 months a year since i was eight years old and my goal was to go pro you know i i got to college i finished up my college career and i was like you know what well what other passions can i explore and i went on a fishing trip to florida we were fishing for some red drums and i caught like a i don't know a 28 inch red drum and i was hooked like no pun intended but i was absolutely hooked uh started bass fishing I believe a year and a half ago. And since I just graduated college, I wasn't working yet. So I literally went five, six, seven days a week for six months straight. So I made up for a lot of time. Cause that's like 200, 300 fishing trips right there. But yeah. I'm not very good because I haven't been doing it long. That's uh that's very interesting. I, I would not have, um would not have guessed that considering, you know, going into, uh, again, uh, outdoor apparel line that, um, you know, initially, initially kind of was, it seemed to be maybe focused more towards fishing. Um, and 
I don't want to necessarily dive into that immediately, but you, so only fishing for a couple years, um, you are in a very, very prominent state for bass fishing. Uh, it, you know, on a regular basis on social media, it seems like I am seeing guys posting massive, massive largemouth from that state. Uh, one of those guys obviously being Ben Milliken. Um, but have you been able to, to make it out to any of like the real prominent, you know, Lake fork, or I know there's probably a thousand of them down there that I don't even know a single thing about, but, you know, have you been able to make it out to any of those kind of, you know, more prestigious areas? I unfortunately have not yet, but I definitely am planning it. Um, I, I got into fishing cause my girlfriend's dad is a huge outdoorsman. So him and I have been trying to coordinate a plan to to get out there to some of the big lakes. Other than that, um, you know, I know there's a lot of people like me in this sense, but I'm actually more of a pond fisherman. I'm a pond hopper. So um, there are some ginormous fish in some of these ponds. Like I've seen five, six, seven pounders at times. Um, but unfortunately, I haven't been on any of those big prestigious lakes yet. Gotcha. And, uh, just trying to get some brownie points there, I'm assuming, huh? <laughs> no, I mean, I've been dating my girlfriend for four years. And so I, I have a phenomenal relationship with, with her dad. And, um, he honestly has taught me everything I know about fishing. So, uh, just a quick shout out to him. No, that's awesome. Um, so where did you, like you said, you're from originally from Brooklyn played baseball, uh, Who'd you play for for college and everything? So I played for four different colleges in four years. It's wild. My career started in Maryland at Towson University. Uh, As soon as I got recruited there, the coach that recruited me got fired after coaching there for 30 years. And so at the time, I was like, you know what? I'm at the Division I level. Uh, I don't want to go any lower because I know I could play at this level now. So my only option at the time was go to junior college. And at the time, there was a rule in place called the 424 rule, meaning if you were at a four-year university, you had to go to junior college for two years to get your two-year degree in order to go back to a four-year Division I university. So after Maryland, I went to Arizona at uh, Cochise College, which is in the middle of nowhere. I didn't really love it because it was a huge culture shock. Um, So I came to Texas, in Alvin, Texas. It's south of Houston. And then that's when I met my girlfriend, decided I wanted to stay in Houston. And I ended up getting almost a full ride to Texas Southern University in Houston. Gotcha. That's that's pretty awesome. And then, um, you know, just tangent here on your baseball stuff, just kind of one of those things. I mean, if I feel like – not a huge baseball guy, but I know that it seems like it is one of those sports that it's a, it is a very long road to get into the possibility of that, you know, aspirations of being a professional baseball player. And I'm assuming you probably went through quite a few of those uh, on your journey thus far. Oh yeah, most definitely. And, you know, um, my career wasn't exactly what I originally wanted the way it turned out, you know, but I, I had talks about pro career and, you know, I was in some talks with some scouts, but at the end of the day, you know, I had one more year of eligibility because of COVID. 
And I came to the conclusion, I was like, you know what? I want to find my next passion. Like my school's paid for. Let me enter the real world. Let me, you know, do what other stuff I want to do. And because of that, you know, I'm actually, I'm grateful for my career, but I'm very happy that it's over now because I've gotten to get into fishing, start an own business, start going on uh, different trips around the country, et cetera. So it's, it's time to enjoy my other passions that I didn't even know existed because I just have more availability now than I did. That's, that's pretty awesome. What is your, what is your uh, background with everything in regards to, you know, what is your, your daily grind uh, responsibility job, however you want to say it? Gotcha. So I, I guess my day job is I'm a business analyst for a consulting firm. Okay. So, uh, I actually, so I started Freshwater American um, October of last year in terms of the social media page. And I worked on it every single day, obviously, for hours and hours and hours on it 24-7. And now I'm working a, you know, 50, 60 hour a week job. And I'm still trying to keep up with the demands of that. So it's in, in terms of this social media page. So I'll usually try to stay up late and get content and then post it the morning of, then go to work. And then after work, I'll pick up the content and ship out any orders or, you know, send out any marketing emails, all that good stuff. Nice. And uh, I didn't say it beforehand, but I do want to thank you for being able to jump on. Basically, uh, I feel like I'm probably taking up your uh, lunch break right now with doing <laughs> So Yeah, uh, man, but it's totally worth it. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Well, we, we do do very much appreciate it. Uh, so what was the, what was the genesis behind Freshwater American? You know, I found you on social media, obviously, like you said, you were, you were pumping out the content and correct me if I'm wrong. Was the, was the camo hooded shirt, the first one that you launched that is like your, your stepping stone into that realm or do I have that wrong? No, no, you're 100% correct. It was the camo that we first started pumping out. When I say we, it's uh, my business because I'm a one-man team. But uh, yeah, that was the first product and it just really started getting rolling. So uh, the background, how it all started, I finished up my college career last August, of t- August 2021. So I, I decided I'm going to hang up the cleats. I went back home to New York and I was sitting in my childhood bedroom. And I was like, you know what? I want to start a business. What business can I start? And for me, I'm a firm believer that it's easier to to do something often if you're passionate about it. So I was like, I want to start a business that can merge my passions together. And so I chose a clothing business because one, I've just always loved apparel, like whether it's from the college gear that I used to be Uh, I used to receive from the colleges or, you know, just buying a new shirt or anything just to make your experiences of your daily routines better. You know, I I love the peril. So I knew I wanted to do that. And on top of that, apparel in my mind was a lower risk because I was like, you know what, I could get, you know, 10 shirts made, pay a hundred bucks, try to sell those 10 shirts. And then if it doesn't work, it's only a hundred bucks, you know? So It was something that was very manageable at the time. And so I was like, okay, I know I want to do apparel. What are my two passions or what are my few passions that I can combine? And at the time, that's when I really started getting into bass fishing. And, um, you know, I got 
so excited watching all the YouTube videos and finding out the different bass fishing tricks, the different season seasonal tips, the different lures, the name of the different companies, all that good stuff. So I was fully brand new to it. And it's something that, you know, was quickly my new passion because that's all I could think about. So I knew I wanted to go with bass fishing as the one passion. And then I'm always, I've always been a proud American my entire life. So it came to a point where I'm like, I need some type of way to merge these two in a manner that could define the type of American I am. And I got to the point where I was a freshwater American because I thought that perfectly defined me. And then I just started rolling with it. Uh, did you go vote today? I did go vote today. I just got back about an hour ago. I, I just got back about like 30 minutes ago, actually. So, <laughs> nice. um, so did you, um, and for everyone that is listening, which at this point is not a lot, but you know, it's slowly growing and that's what we're hoping for. Um, Mike's uh, company that he started, as we said, is Freshwater American. Um, You know, I'll let you do all your plugs and stuff at the end of this and everything. But like I said, I found the hoodie. Honestly, I just feel like it was scrolling through on like a, you know, just a search or something. And it came up and I saw this thing and it was like, damn, like this is a really cool looking shirt. Like I I love the, the pattern of it you know, that kind of like digital urban camo sort of look to it. But the functionality is phenomenal. And this is speaking a thousand percent from personal experience because this was pretty much the exclusive shirt I wore whenever I was out on the kayak this year. Um, And I was out there in some very hot days, some very sunny days, and I never once had issues with sunburn. Um, it kept me covered. And, you know, my wife works for a dermatologist. She's a nurse. And so, you know, she's always getting on me about keeping sunscreen on and everything like that. And I'm also covered in tattoos. So I like to try to make sure that those continue looking nice and everything over time. So, you know, long sleeve fishing shirts are definitely the way to go in my opinion and yours it it fit the bill for everything that i was looking for in regards to again performance protection and looks i mean i think those are pretty much the three main areas that i i kind of focus on whenever i'm looking at stuff for you know apparel for me for fishing or um not so much hunting because you know hunting doesn't really matter but for Mm -hmm. the fishing perspective and yeah man like you i don't know how long of a process it was for you to get to that and maybe you can share that but like that shirt was an absolute home run well thank you man right there <laughs> oh, i i get it i appreciate it <laughs> but um i mean that's very humbling to hear you know um uh, i put a lot of time into it i I remember sitting in my my childhood bedroom and I was just, you know, trying to use all these free logo apps and I was trying to download like three, four or five different apps trying to see how can I lay this one bass icon over, you know, this American flag in front of this, you know, s- circle of stars and all that good stuff. And, 
you know, it, it took me a while, had a lot of trial and errors with the logo, and then I finally got it. And then I I hired someone eventually to trademark it. So that was great. In terms of the actual production, I got on Alibaba and I, I spoke with numerous different manufacturers. Like I can't even count how many I spoke with. And I luckily found one and I just started rolling with it. You know, I, I currently work with about, I'd say four or five manufacturers for different products and testing different materials. So um, to hear that the materials, you know, lived up to your expectations and that they're performing the way I, I've wanted them to, it's very humbling to hear because I, I did do, I, I humbly did do the dil- due diligence behind it to make sure that it's a quality product. So thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you took, you know, you took that shirt, uh, and then it looked like after that, and it seemed to be that that took off pretty well. And then you rolled out some other ones that are, uh, I, it is very rare for me to be found in my house or outside doing something that I actually don't have one of your four shirts on. Um, <laughs> Like, it just seems like I always just gravitate to those because they're comfortable and, and believe me, like, I'm sure people are going to be thinking like, oh yeah, you know, you're pro staff. You're just saying that like, no, it's actually legitimate that I either have the green shirt on the blue shirt on the black hooded shirt. The fishing one usually doesn't come out unless I'm actually fishing, but there's like a constant rotation between those three. And because we have two kids, we're always doing laundry. So they're always getting washed. So it's like, I always have one of them available. It seems like, so I, you know, I'm always wearing it. And one of the things I think that you marketed for is that, you know, it's not just like you have the hooded one with the face shield and all that stuff. That's ideal for fishing, but the other ones are like, you know, they're my shirts I wear whenever I'm out in the yard, like doing yard work, cutting grass, doing, you know, blowing leaves like I was the past couple of days and everything. So they, they fit the bill for not just being a fishing shirt, but just a, a, a shirt in general. That's a, a good one to wear. No, I, I appreciate that, man. And that, that really means a lot to me. And, you know, little comments like that go a long way and you're a hundred percent right. in what my motivations behind it are, and I don't want to jump ship too quickly, but that's really why I started Outdoor American. Um, Cause you know, I love bass fishing to death and you know, it's really what got me started on this journey, but I really created Outdoor American because I feel like that's a full picture of who I am. Cause I'm someone who likes to fish, hunt, um, go uh, snowboarding. I go hiking. I am marathon training and weightlifting and, I, I'm a firm believer that just everything great happens outdoors. You know, I, I encourage people to get outdoors and to be active and make memories, etc. So um, I love freshwater American to death. It's my baby, but it can be geared more towards fishing, which is perfectly fine. And that's why I extended my brand to outdoor American for people that, you know, like what you just said, you know, may want to use it for I activities other than fishing. And that was um, definitely good to hear. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the, you know, pivoting over to outdoor American, you know, it, it feels like the, this conversation isn't always about, uh, it's not just going to be about fishing and stuff here. So outdoor American, as Mike said, is his, uh, you know, 
whatever sub company of Freshwater American, I guess, for lack of a better term for me to say right now. And uh, you created a phenomenal hoodie. Like I, I'm, this is honestly, I'm not just blowing smoke. And again, I'm not saying it because he is on here with me. Um, I did a reel with it. I have it on my Instagram page, Greg Lord Outdoors, that you can check out where I kind of gave like a quick review of it. Um, and it is a, a performance hoodie that kept me warm while fishing in Erie. Um, I can definitely see myself wearing it for hunting with the camo pattern and that sort of stuff. Uh, it just is, it's again, it's another, you know, quote unquote home run for you. And the functionality of everything with that shirt is awesome. Uh, but being as, you know, we are the quote unquote fishing podcast that that's what we're looking at. However, Nick and I both do have hunting backgrounds. Like I am still a, an avid hunter. Again, I haven't gotten out this as much this year, but, um, what are you, what are you hunting down there in Texas? Like you just said, your girlfriend's father's uh, a big outdoorsman and hunter and everything. So what have you, uh, what have you hunted for? What have you gotten out? I just saw you posted some some pictures of uh ducks the other day. So I don't know if you were out getting some duck hunting in or what's going on. No. Yeah, for sure, man. I I'm a, uh, I'm, I don't kill deer honestly, just cause I don't, um, eat the venison, but my girlfriend's uh, dad what is, and brother what is wrong with you. I know, man, I know, but I, I'm still city boy somewhat. So I'm growing out of it. Um, but I just think they're, they're good. And I have a high respect for the deer. Um, so I just let them take them. And so they have a piece of some property out here in Texas and they just got a 10 pointer the other night and he was a good, definitely a good size. But on the other end, I do enjoy duck hunting and hog hunting immensely. I, I killed a hog last night, actually. Nice. <laughs> and he, nice. He's, uh, I don't know the exact size, but definitely over 200 pounds. So, um, and that's more so in terms of my hunting experiences. But again, it's just all of it is just for me enjoying being outside and making memories. Do you, um, did you are getting it like processed and everything and going to get some sausage and bacon and all the good stuff out of it? Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, you gotta, I, I don't do that with every single hog because you know, they're like rats out here in Texas, yeah, but, yeah. um, but yeah, for sure. We, we've definitely been trying to, like, we got the, the duck livers and, you know, the duck breast meat, um, out of them the other day. And then we're going to get those made into probably some poppers and then, uh, the venison will, we'll get into some poppers and some, you know, sausage and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you need to, uh, expand your palate out a little bit. Venison is, is a phenomenal meat. And as long as, it's cooked properly. You get some of that gaminess that's out of it and you know, get that taken away and it, oh man, it's chef's kiss. It is so good. I've, I've hunted my entire life. I mean, I'm 38 years old. I've hunted since I was, you know, 11, 12 years old, whenever we were allowed to, to start hunting here in Pennsylvania back in the day. And, um, I mean, venison has been a, a staple meat in my life for that entire time frame. I bet I could probably go downstairs right now. And I think we probably have like 75 or 80 pounds of, uh, <laughs> of hamburger ground in our, our fr freezers in the basement and stuff. So, um, you, as you said, you for fishing, will you know, roll this back into the norm. Um, 
you talked about being a pond hopper, which there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I actually have some of my, my best times are going out and hitting, you know, hitting the the little farm ponds like that, that we have around our house. And, you know, there's one that's local that I get to take my daughter to, and she has a blast catching bluegill out of it and everything. Um, we don't necessarily have the caliber of fish that you are maybe having in some of those uh, ponds down there in the good old Texas, but you know, are you, um, you said this is still pretty early in your journey into bass fishing is, is there something that you foresee yourself future wise doing? Like, are you someone that could, you know, see yourself getting into a kayak and doing some kayak fishing or are you, you know, looking at, Hey, I want to have a boat sometime in the future, you know, kind of what's, you know, what's your thought on that stuff? I think, uh, so my girlfriend's family had a boat and, um, it was fun. We went out and I enjoyed it. It was more of a bay boat, but still it was great. The problem with us having a boat is we're, we're a little ways from the water. So it kind of makes it harder and less inconvenient to get a boat out on the water. But in terms of a kayak, I mean, you could throw some kayaks in on the local ponds or, you know, some smaller lakes around here, you know, like I'd totally be down to get a kayak. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun way to fish. I mean, kayak fishing is still in the grand scheme of things. I mean, it's still fairly new for me. I'm, I'm only getting out of what year three, I think for kayak fishing. Um, and also, I mean, basically like year three for bass fishing as well. That was, it was just something that, um, you know, we, we hit on in episode one, um, where I just kind of fell in love with it the past few years and, you know, it's taken off and it's been a, a primary source of, uh, fun for me through spring, summer, and fall. Um, have you, whenever you're up in New York and before, like you started doing your traveling down to Texas and everything, did you do any type of fishing at all? Or was it just, you know, you only were baseball 24 seven and nothing else mattered. Growing, growing up, I was baseball 24 seven and nothing else in the world mattered. I, I was so focused and locked in that there was nothing that was going to, you know, deter me from that. But I, I have been lucky enough to go home and obviously I don't have a boat or kayak, like I mentioned, but I went to all, all the ponds and, um, at least in New York city where I did fish, there are some huge bass in those ponds without even hey, knowing there's what, what ponds are in New York city. I'm telling you there, there's a, so you go to like central park or prospect park or Staten Island. There's like these local pond and lakes and believe it or not, man, like there are some big bass in there. I just find that absolutely ridiculously hard. They're probably eating all the rats that are running around up in New York. That's <laughs> probably, man. But uh, I, I went fishing one day in Staten Island and I caught like a two pound, two two pounders and a three pounder in a matter of five minutes. And it was insane. Like I, I have no clue what was going on that day, but I was throwing a yum watermelon red Senko. And for whatever reason, they absolutely loved it. And I mean, if the average in a pond is two pounds, I I think that's a pretty good pond, you know? Yeah, for sure. What, uh, what is your PB for, for a largemouth? 
Believe it or not, man, I was. it's fortunate in the sense of how long I've been doing it, but it's unfortunate in the number. But that day is when I caught my PB. It was three pounds and three ounces. Um, I have had bigger ones hooked, and I've gotten them out of the water, but I can't really count them because I didn't get them in my hand, you know? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Uh, no, man, it's – um. I think my my biggest is the one I caught, uh, you know, a few weeks back. Um, at just uh, what three point three point one pounds was the the biggest, or it was three pounds thirteen ounces, or however my scale reads it. I'm not sure, um, but it was a it was a big one. I had a couple other ones that I've caught, um, or one other one I should say that I caught early see earlier in the year during a tournament that it was a 19 inch fish that was post spawn. And Oof. I would say that that fish probably pre-spawn was over four. Um, for me, it was probably in the three pound range. I just never weighed it. Cause I didn't for the, the kayak tournaments we do, we don't weigh fish, we measure fish. So um, I didn't actually get a chance to weigh it. And I don't even think I had my scale on me, but it was a, it was a hog and it was a super fun catching. Cause I caught it on ultralight broad. So that was a, oh, man, that's a blast. Yeah. Um, so you are rolling around in Texas doing some pond hopping. Um, what, you know, obviously, like you said, freshwater American has, has taken a, a huge role and taken over probably a very large portion of your life. So how much are you able to, to get out and do that pond hopping now? Uh, so originally in order to even get content, I had to go out almost every single day, whether I liked it or not, you know, oh, that's such a pain. Let me tell you. So difficult. Uh, exactly. A good problem to have. Yeah. But nowadays, now that I'm working the full time and, um, I'm actually trying to run an actual business instead of content, you know, obviously content is still very important because that's the only way I market really right now, along with, you know, whenever people like yourself help me promote the product, but, uh, I'd say it's gone down a lot. I'd say I get out there a minimum of four times a month, which is, you know, once a week, that's not too bad. I ideally would like to get out there much more, but, but you gotta gotta handle the business aspect first. Yeah. Uh, so I've seen in some of your in your pictures for you know promoting the brand and everything uh, that I believe it's your girlfriend that's with you. Um, yes. Is uh, she a better she a better angler than you? She she hands down is, and I'll tell you why, Greg, because she grew up with her dad. And she grew up fishing, hunting, and doing all of this stuff. So she'll never say it. And she's not an avid fisherman by any means. But she's the one that she'll she'll go out to the pond and she'll catch the biggest fish without even trying. <laughs> That's awesome. That's uh. So just on a you know slightly quick side note, whenever my wife and I were pregnant with our uh, first, um. You know, we were waiting to find out what we had. We did a gender reveal and everything. And obviously everyone's like, oh, I bet you're so excited. I bet you want to have a boy and everything. And I true, you know, complete honest statement here is that I actually preferred that if we were going to have a girl, because what's more badass than like a chick that can outfish you, outhunt you <laughs> like and do everything else that a guy can and do it better. But she's a girl like that to me, that's just awesome to be able to, you know, 
whenever she's in in school and the boys are talking about going out hunting and her just to be like oh yeah i went out and shot 130 inch deer with my dad on saturday like yeah that's right <laughs> so um it's, it's definitely I, a flex right there yeah i know right uh so that's that's awesome i'm assuming that she is very much a, a helper uh with everything that you have going on with this no 100 percent. i she helps so much um and she'll never admit it but she is a vital vital aspect of the business and she actually helps me make decisions all the time because you know like i said i'm a i'm a one man team overall in terms of all the marketing all the business plans all the graphic designs all the timelines all that good stuff and she will always give me her opinion and i ask her like should i go with this color or that color should i go with this fabric or that fabric should i plan on going with this style or that style and and believe it or not i hold such a i give her opinion so much weight and i respect it so much that she's actually the one that has a very strong say in what products roll out and how they are designed so if there's any products that you like it it was most likely somewhat of her input so she she definitely helps out more than she even knows Nice. Well, uh, Mrs. Freshwater American, very good job. Thank you very much. Uh, the products are awesome and keep uh, being the bug in Mike's ear to keep pumping out some good stuff. <laughs> I'll make um, sure people, here's the message. Nice. So you had mentioned, um, and I kind of joked around with it at the beginning. Uh, I am on your pro staff, which understandably you know, the, the general joke with pro, you know, pro staff and having that on your Instagram, you know, headline and accounts and everything is you're not really pro staff. You are promotional staff. Um, and you get your discount code and everything, which there's no complaints by on my end whatsoever for that. Um, I think it's an awesome thing. I love the fact of being able to, to promote a brand that I can get behind from having it and used it for my own personal experience and with, you know, being able to have conversation with the person, uh, you know, that is running it. And I think that, um, again, this is not, not bashing the idea of pro staff whatsoever. Um, but what ultimately kind of made you decide to like open that up as an opportunity for people, um, with your with your brand with the shirts and everything oh yeah for sure and greg I, I gotta say thank you for being on the pro staff you know i totally get the discrepancies there and the questions for for it just being a promotional staff you know i'm not gonna lie that the promotion from that staff helps tremendously but my true motivation behind it was i'm trying to grow a community and i my number one focus when going into business is I want to create an experience when people see freshwater American and put on the gear, or they see outdoor American and they put on the gear. I want them to feel a certain way that they're proud to be part of that community. And I did have it somewhat, I did have it growing organically in some sense, but I figured if, and people were reaching out to me to start a pro staff and I'm like, all right, well, if people are asking me and it can actually form a true community instead of just a hypothetical one. Then I said, why not go all in on it? Because 
my pro staff is actually very small. It's only about 35 people in terms of, you know, how many followers are actually following the brand. But Mm -hmm. I'm not someone that is like, if you look at my pro staff, I'm not someone that's going to be like, oh, you need X amount of followers. You need X amount of, because I've actually turned down people with, you know, almost 10,000 followers, but it's more so, do you want to be a part of it? A lot of people just want to be a part of it to see their own promotional gain. Like, oh, if I join this promo codes and all that stuff and everything. Yeah. And I mean, it's totally fine, but um, a lot of people will be like, okay, he has... 14,000 followers. If I join his pro staff, he'll promote me more often, blah, 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 blah. And I don't want that to be the motivation. I want everyone to to benefit from it. But I really want just a few people that are proud to wear the gear, that want to be part of the community, that just loves fishing more than anything, that are proud to be American. And that's the reason why I really started it. Um, moving forward, as the brand continues to grow, I would love to get into a point where the pro staff gets a larger promo code, maybe, you know, 30, 40, 50% off. Cause then I feel like that provides more value to the actual pro staff members. And then um, as long as everything continues to grow, I, I pray that I'll be able to get more like ambassadors, you know, where I could send out free gear and not have to worry about it. But I've ideally um, would get to that point. Realistically, I'm only in business for five months and I'm just not at that point yet where I can't send out free gear all the time. You know, um, oh, a lot sure. of people like a lot of people like yourself understand that and I appreciate it, but you'll be surprised by how many people don't understand that. No, that's you. Uh, whenever you, you know, touch base with me about that and everything and, you know, very just genuinely asked like, Hey man, do you want to, I'm going to start pro staff. Do you want to be on it? It was just like, holy shit, like, that's pretty cool. Like, I, you know, didn't expect anything from it whatsoever. All I was doing was just, you know, wearing the gear that I liked wearing and, you know, tagging you in posts on social media and, hey, whatever happened with it, happened with it. That was awesome. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I do very much thank you for for reaching out to me um, to ask me about being on there. And, you know, I, I'm hopeful that, uh things continue to to grow for you in regards to that because um again it's not just from this conversation you and i have talked a number of times i mean you sent me a what like a two minute long video basically like modeling your new hoodie that you have from outdoor american to make sure i was going to buy the right size that out so i wouldn't look like a an idiot with sleeves that were coming up to my you know elbows and everything so um i i do thank you very much for uh for the effort that you put into to that, uh, in addition to, you know, what you have done previously to that, and you kind of already touched base on it. Um, my next question for you was, you know, what's, what is the future for outdoor American freshwater American? And, you know, where do you see yourself moving forward with this? Well, I, I'd like to grow both brands at the same time. First of all, Greg, thank you for mentioning that. Um, I, I, you know, I appreciate you more than anything. And, uh, I think that's another, just for the last point of the pro staff, I think that's a really good factor of the pro staff. Cause you and I talk almost, you know, every other day, you know, whether it's just a quick tag in a post or, you know, just a quick message. Like we talk pretty frequently yeah. and I think that's a good thing about the pro staff as well, where I have a ton of people on the staff who 
you guys are now fishing buddies. You know, you're not, you're not just, you know, a customer that I never talked to. It's usually your, your customer. And now we get to keep in contact and, um, moving this ties into when I move forward, you know, obviously I don't, I feel weird asking people to buy my stuff. Just, that's just me. Like I, I've never been someone to ask for help. So I don't typically go to people and say, Hey, please buy my jacket. Please buy my shirt. Please buy my hat. I just don't like doing that. You know, I, I'm more of a kind of guy that's like, this is who I am. This is what I believe in. This is what I have to offer. If you'd like to be a part of it, like great. You know, if not, then just fine. Keep doing your thing. So moving forward with my brand, I just like to build more of a community, like I said, and it doesn't even have to necessarily be a pro staff. I just want people to genuinely be proud to wear freshwater American stuff, outdoor American stuff. And I want to build the absolute best products possible so that when you go to Lake Erie for that fishing trip, or when you go on some type of, you know, hunting trip, or you go for a hike in, you know, the Grand Canyon, or you go snowboarding in Colorado, when you, whenever you go on one of these family trips and outdoor excursions that you have the gear that has been tested and it's been proven to perform under all conditions. And that's my biggest motivation. And from there, I just want to keep growing to reach more people and to enhance more outdoor experiences. Nice. That's awesome. Well, I will gladly do my part and, uh, Hey, maybe in the future, we might have a, uh, Rod Ben and Bastards, uh, fishing shirt that we can get made. You never know. Dude, I would absolutely love that. That's awesome. We're actually, uh, kind of somewhat starting the, the talks of trying to find someone to do like graphic design for us. Um, and to get an actual like logo versus just the, you know, the copy and paste, not even a copy and paste job, but just like, you know, the generalized logo that we bought to, to put on for the podcast and the Instagram and everything. We want to get our own thing going. Um, so we are getting towards the end. Cause I know you got some stuff going on and everything, and I don't want to keep you from, from the normal grind that you have to do. So we're going to get into uh, our rapid fire questions, which these are going to be, you know, more rapid fire than what they were on the last episode, because Nick and I were answering them for the first time too. Oh, Hey Rufus. Sorry. My dog just walked in. Um, <laughs> so question number one for you is, Hey, go. Uh, whenever you are on your way to the lake or whenever you're on your way to a pond, what are, what are you listening to? What am I listening to? Honestly, I'm probably listening to some, some country music. I love Morgan Wallen or, um, Luke Combs. Luke Combs is actually my favorite, but you know, Morgan Wallen with some bass fishing and some of his songs to get you in the right mood. And then you can't go wrong with Toby Keith, you know, some made in America, some American soldier, all that, uh, all that courtesy of the red, white, and blue stuff. Look at you, a, a boy from the Bronx, uh, listening to, <laughs> to country music, man. Texas does a hey, number. Man. Of hey, man, I may be from the city, but I've been a proud patriot my entire life. So for everyone listening to the podcast, just because, you know, New Yorkers get a certain rep, don't lose all faith because I'm, I'm more proud to be American than any man next to me. That's, that's awesome. Um, so I'm actually very interested in this next question because the place that Nick told me to ask you about, I knew nothing about until I watched a YouTube video on it that he sent me last night. 
And my wife and I were both dumbfounded by the size of this place. And I think that you might know where I potentially am going to be going with this. I may. What is your Bucky's order? Oh man. Oh man. Um, so I'm not, I'm not too much of a actual food order guy, but you got to get some beaver nugs. You got to stock up on drinks and other snacks for the road. And you got to check out the entire store. When you come down to Texas, Greg, you have to go to Bucky's because it's a whole experience, a mixture of experiences combined to one. It's the it's a gas station as big as Walmart that has a gift shop, you know, the nicest public restrooms you would find. And it has actual food delis and, you know, customized snacks like no other. So um, my favorite thing from Bucky's is beaver nugs. You got to check them out. What are beaver nugs? Beaver nugs, ah, uh, let's see. Yeah, it's think of like a, uh, it's almost like a type of popcorn, but not really. Think of like, you know, Pirate's Booty. Have you ever had Pirate's Booty? Uh, no, I have not had Pirate's okay. Booty. So Pirate's Booty is like some type of popcorn slash chip, but the beaver nugs are that texture with like caramel over them, I believe. Huh. And I, I don't know, you just got to, kind of try them to experience it. it they it sounds good so whenever i asked nick about this i was like uh i sent him a text uh yeah this was just last night i was like so what texas place should i ask that's comparable to sheets because we have sheets here in pennsylvania <laughs> um and he his text back was bucky's pronounced buck Sheets can't hold Bucky's jock, dude. You can buy a legit offset smoker, an entire wardrobe, barbecue sandwiches, every kind of snack in the world, and beer at Bucky's. There's literally no comparison. Humbly, there's no comparison because I've been to Sheets, love Sheets, but Bucky's is like, for lack of a better comparison, it's like the Disney World of gas stations. (laughs) That's a that's a title I don't think anyone will ever take. So you are fairly new into fishing, as you said. Um, If you could only take one rod and one reel and one type of bait, now you can have infinity of those baits, so it doesn't matter. What are you taking? Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, Not even necessarily a reel. You don't have to go into that. The, The question more is what, you know... What setup for rod and reel and what bait are you going to take if you can only have one? I'll just go with my favorite setup. It's a medium heavy um, with medium, seven foot medium heavy with a uh, Shimano Corrado. I I used to be a guy saying, oh, because I had a SLX and I got the Corrado. So I was like, what's the difference between a $100 reel and a $200 reel? I didn't think there was a difference, but... A lot. Whatever, whatever it is, there's a huge difference. And the Shimano Corrado is my absolute favorite reel. Um, on I'm not too picky about the rod brand, but I usually stick with St. Croix. Um, and a seven foot medium heavy or even just a medium. And I got to go with the crankbait. I absolutely love crankbaits, especially in the fall time. That's awesome. Um, do you have the do you have the DC or just the regular Corrado? Just the regular Corrado. I I love the the aspect of the DCs, but I just don't know if 
if I love the sound all the time, honestly. I I actually, believe it or not, have had some of my most popular videos pop off because people in the comments started debating between, you know, normal DCs are, or, you know, normal baitcasters. So um, I know there's a war between those two, but I'm just a, a standard base baitcaster kind of guy. Yeah, I feel like with the uh, with the DCs, if you're good at using a baitcaster, it doesn't necessarily give you that much of an advantage, in my opinion. Yes. If you don't, yes. if you don't backlash, then it's not really going to hurt you. Um, next question, number four: Do you have a favorite fishing professional? And this could be Ooh. an actual like MLF or a bass guy. It could be a YouTuber. It could be you know. Any anyone that you think of whenever you're like, all right, I'm going to go and check out some videos. This is the person I'm going to go and look at. So I, I will I will bring it full circle entirely. So my my favorite YouTubers are uh, Fishing with Norm, Kicking Their Bass TV, and Brian Latimer. So I bring Brian Latimer full circle because obviously he's a professional bass fisherman and he's a YouTuber, so it goes hand in hand. But believe it or not. Um, I connected with Brian Latimer a lot because I saw him when I first started fishing, I saw him wearing Jordans when he was fishing. And that's, you know, I, I'm a kid from Brooklyn. I wear Jordans all the time. And then he was wearing a fishing hoodie with the hood over while wearing Jordans on his bass boat. And I was like, yeah, that's what I want to make. And that's <laughs> actually somewhat of the inspiration behind me starting my uh, my fishing performance hoodie line because I saw Brian Latimer wearing it. He looked cool as hell wearing it. And I was like, you know what? Let's get it rolling. Yeah, Latimer's a good dude. I like watching his uh, – I follow him as well, and I like watching some of his videos that he does and everything. It's um, They're always really good. He just has he, a good time. He does. He does, and he's very uh, – he's very – knowledgeable he teaches very well whenever he does videos about you know like what type of things to use and everything and i i always uh you know i follow him on facebook and uh whenever his videos pop up i always tend to find myself watching them that i just don't keep scrolling past them so yeah, it's kind of hard not to watch them i know all right we're gonna last question here um again might be difficult for you to answer because of being somewhat new into fishing Mm -hmm. Do you have a dream fishing vacation or fish that you would like to go catch? Yes. Money is not an object to this. <laughs> okay. So my dream fishing trip would go, I don't have a particular place, you know, in mind, but somewhere in Canada where they have monster smallmouth, I would absolutely love to get on one of those planes that take you into the lodges and then, you know, fish all day at one of those lakes and hopefully catch some monster smallmouth. Dude, don't even come, don't even go to Canada, just come to Pennsylvania. Did you see that guy caught a 10 pound smallmouth out of Erie the other day? Oh, man. Oh, I, oh, I did see that picture. That, that was insane. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's Lake Erie. That's what we have here, dude. Like, all right, maybe uh, we got to go there then. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, come like April, May, whenever they start coming into um, Prescott Isle Bay, just in, uh, right near um, Erie in Pennsylvania. Um, they roll into that bay to, to do all their spawning and everything, and you can catch some absolute footballs. It's a, it's a good time. I have not caught them. Um, uh, I have only caught like one or two whenever I've been out on the kayak. I also lost a GoPro in Prescott Isle Bay, so that was fun. But um, 
Yeah, it's uh, you don't even have to go to Canada for that, dude. You could just come to Pennsylvania. Hey, or, anywhere that offers smallmouth, I'm all in. Yeah, or you could go into uh, into your home state and go to the Finger Lakes and hit up Seneca Lake because there's some monster smallmouth in there as well. So, well, dude, if there's some big bass in general. I'm there. Nice. Well, Mike, that is gonna pretty much wrap us up here. Um, I'll let you go ahead and uh, and give some plugs for where people can find you at, dude. Greg, thank you for the time, my man. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm looking forward to hopefully being on this again as the podcast continues to grow. If if you are listening, thank you for listening. You could find all of my socials at Freshwater American or OutdoorAmerican.co. And all of my apparel, all of the products that we've been talking about, you can find on freshwateramerican.com. Yep. And if you go to check any of those out, use uh, Greg Lord, G-R-E-G-L-O-R-D 10 to get 10% off uh, some really, really good gear. The only thing I don't have from you is a hat, which seems really weird for me. Um, But I think you and I have had a conversation about that, that you need to get some flat brims in your in your lineup. So, (laughs) dude, as soon as I get them in the lineup, expect one coming your way. Uh, awesome. I appreciate it. Well, Mike, I will let you get back to doing whatever you were doing today. Uh, again, I cannot thank you enough for coming on. Um, like I said, you were one of the first guys I thought of about having on here and I genuinely thank you for, uh, for the time today, dude. Well, thank you, my man. It's a pleasure to be on here. And I, for the fifth time today, I'm, I'm so pumped for you and Nick, and I'm excited to see where this podcast goes. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. And, uh, Go catch some fish in a pond and take some pictures of them. Oh, for sure. Tie lines, my man. All right, buddy. Take care. All right. Well, welcome back from the interview that we had with uh, Mike from Freshwater American. Um, I thought it went pretty well. He seemed he's a pretty cool dude. Uh, I love the the passion that he has for his apparel line, and not necessarily just the apparel line, but like you know went from chasing one career to going into something completely different with uh, baseball to fishing and everything. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. I got a chance to listen to it. Greg recorded it and sent it to me so I could listen to it while I was driving around. Um, kind of bummed I couldn't make it. Um, talking to the young the young man, Michael, about his past and stuff, and especially because he's from or lives in Houston. That's where I was born and raised. So just kind of talking about some fishing spots in that area. I would love to have gotten into it with him a little bit about saltwater. If he does some saltwater stuff in the Galveston Bay complex. And really, I guess, Bucky's. I'm probably <laughs> going to talk to that dude about Bucky's for a damn hour. Like, I'm, nonstop. I'm I, still amazed at how I know what damn, damn beaver nuggets are. Did, really? Well, hell yeah. Oh. Hell yeah, I've eaten some beaver nuggets. They are... They're kind of like he like he said. They're kind of like caramel corn, okay. but they don't have. It's not like straight ass popcorn. It's like you know, but they kind of taste like caramel corn, but in some weird compressed. It's like if you dipped like a piece of foam into caramel, but it tasted really good on the inside. <laughs> well, like, it is the consistency of. Like, I can't packing, wait! I can't like, wait to go and eat their caramel flavored foam. It's <laughs> like it's like it's like packing peanuts covered in caramel. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> they're, they're awesome, but he's, he's not lying. Um, the restrooms, and this is important, they have like, their, their, there's like probably 60 stalls in a dude's room. Are you serious? And they all have individual doors, and there's full-time attendants in there, so they're always like 
sparkling ass clean. So you know, like you get what up, is this place? You have your coffee, and like sometimes I was driving. It's almost like going here to Erie from where I lived in Houston to get down the coast. Like there's many times where you're doing a two hour trip for the day. So you know, you got your coffee, and then like an hour in, like. Got a little rumbling in the tumbling, <laughs> and like you know, their bathrooms are are a godsend for sure, and their food's great. And like you said, you, there's a, anything you want in that damn place, and it's almost you know, it has become like a little bit of a tourist trap, but like the locals love it too. And it's not like the best food ever. I think it's better than Sheets. I mean, it's not restaurant quality, but like my thing when I would go there um, in the morning was always kolaches, which are not popular up here. They're basically they started as like a little sweet dough type Danish type treat. Um, but what everybody did in Texas, even though they're not really kolaches, they took that same dough and they wrapped it in sausage, almost like a pig in a blanket. I think okay. like the true name for that is like club and sack or some weird Polish German thing. But um, it's a very popular breakfast food to get like a sausage and cheese or like sausage jalapeno and cheese wrapped up in this like mildly sweet dough, like it's, a pig in a blanket. It sounds pretty good actually. Yeah, great, great breakfast food. And on the way back... Um, at normally like near the counter or near the other area where they serve barbecue, they'd have sausage on a stick and they'd shove a big ass roll underneath the stick. So it would like catch all the juices from the sausage. So, you know, drive down the road, eat a sausage on a stick. This place <laughs> sounds phenomenal. Great. I told Nick sent me a video of it. And, uh, like I said to Mike, I showed it to my wife and we were both just dumbfounded to see like what this place is like, but it is definitely if I get down to Texas, I will find a Bucky's and I will spend a few hours there because I feel like you have to. Yeah, you do. So like you got to go to one of the, they have some smaller ones now, but like they started out, they'd always buy like cheap land off the interstate. I know they started actually near the coast, um, near Freeport, Texas, which is like right down the street from the beach and the ocean and the bay system down, um, just a little further south from Galveston. I remember going to the original one, and it was, I think the original one was only like twice as big. As You're old, by the way. Yeah, so. very old. But I remember going, <laughs> like, they, they really had a ton of fishing tackle that those days. Like, okay. They don't really have that anymore. They got like, everything else. They might have a little bit here and there, but because it was by the coast, um, I actually think the ones closer to the coast still do. Um, but they'd have popping corks and all sorts of terminal tackle stuff you need for salt water. That way you can gear up and then go to the bait stand down the street and go fishing you know and beer and everything else but then they just kind of skyrocketed and like their whole thing was to put one of these humongous like you said like almost walmart sized gas stations um in between major cities so there was like a huge one in between like houston and san antonio on i-10 uh, another big one, like between Houston and Dallas, and okay. that's kind of how you know. Then they started getting a little right on the outskirts of certain towns, instead of just like r- the stop in between. Like, okay, I'm driving to San Antonio, which I think was like three and a half hours, two hours in. There's the damn Buckies. Like, you know, that's that's where you stop. Yeah, little pick break. But yeah, and they just, I think they're in other states now. I'm pretty sure, and they just keep getting bigger. So they're, you know. There's actually an article about the damn owner I read on from a magazine called Texas Monthly, and it's, like, super interesting for a fucking gas station. Like, you wouldn't think it would be, but, like, just how he grew into this, like, empire of gas stations where nobody compete with them down south, wherever yeah. they are. Well, it's kind of uh, – we're going to some, like, weird gas station history here on the podcast, which is kind of funny. Um, but that was the thing with Sheets. My 
dad used to deliver to one of the warehouses. He would deliver produce to it. And um, the owner of Sheets, they apparently had a a house in Florida, and their goal was to have enough Sheets going down the coastline that they never had to pay for gas. They could just stop at a Sheets like at the certain distances they need and then they would always just be able to get gas for free and everything the whole way down to their homes down there but um i think like sheets though i mean i think it's gotta be like sheets but like as for as big as bucky's is they are not trucker friendly like they don't have pumps for on the road trucks okay yeah so they're like no you know no trucks it's mainly for it was built specifically not to be a truck stop to be more for traveling yeah, makes families sense. Families and stuff like that. So it, it it's a cool-ass place. And it's something like, even though I don't get home much, like when I go home, like, I want to go to, like, you know, there's there's several things I want to do. One, like, find a good Mexican food joint. Um, it's normally, like, food-related because, you know. You're fat. Exactly. <laughs> um, two, eat a Whataburger. And, like, three, like, seek out a Bucky's. And then, of course, like, if I can fish, you know, but sometimes it's just I'm there for a couple of days to see family and that, that can't happen. But, like, th- those are the things that I always want to do when I get back home. Does it always happen? Nope. But, you know, it's it's always it's always up there. And, you know, whenever you do plan a fishing trip, you can almost damn guarantee that when you roll into Bucky's heading down toward the coast at, like, between 4 and 6 a.m., Half people in there are anglers. Yeah. You will see flats, boats, kayaks, everything out in the parking lot. People getting ice for the coolers. Like, yep. that's, that's, you'll see a shitload of that more than anybody else. You know, just, just a whole gang of fishing shirt hoodlums, like, just taking over Bucky's at like 5 a.m. <laughs> that's great. Well, we'll uh, jump off of our completely random gas station uh, tangent that we just went on there. But, yeah, I think um, I think everything with Mike was pretty good. Uh, I'm kind of pumped to see, you know, maybe building some sort of relationship out of out of things with him um, as we hopefully maybe continue to grow. And uh, again, I just want to thank him for for coming on. Um, in regards to future guests, I have a couple guys that are lined up. I have one that I'm very excited for that is going to tie in a lot to our fly fishing. Um, Cause obviously, you know, we've talked about that we do pretty much all sorts of fishing and we are getting to the realm of normal fly fishing season right now. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited for what that interview is going to be. It might end up being uh, a month or so down the road based off of our conversation that I had with him uh, the other day. But we're going to get some try to get some other guests and stuff lined up. Uh, I know people don't want to just listen to a couple fat guys sit here and talk and everything about fishing. So I think we'll see. the entire podcast universe is normally a couple of fat guys talking about fishing and what is fishing related podcast. So. I don't think we're the first people to do it. I don't think we're going to be the last. So if you listen, great. If not, fuck you (laughs) again. (laughs) I don't know. But, yeah, we got some good shit coming up. You know, we'll put these out when we can. Schedules are always funny with work and life and everything else. But uh, like Greg said, I think we will probably be talking a little more fly fishing the next few episodes than we did the first couple uh just because that's probably what we're going to be out doing more right now since 
the season in, uh, I guess, in our area, Western PA, the bass fishing is starting to shut down a little bit. I mean, you can definitely go out and do it, and there's some hardcore dudes who who chase after them oh, but, almost year-round. Uh, ben sent me a picture the other day of, like, a fucking 10-inch, uh, it was called a Papa Pete swim bait, like 10 okay. fucking inches. I think it was compensating eight. for something yeah large. yeah like six or eight ounces like it was massive but uh unfortunately for me it made me i started like thinking about swim bait fishing and now i'm looking at rods so slow down i, I still gotta try to get good at the rods i do own i know but uh i think that's gonna do it for us on this episode um again find us on all the normal podcast platforms spotify anchor fm uh apple podcast and like subscribe comment all that good stuff and we'll catch you on the next one see you later